0: Anyone remember when Chris Berman and Tom Jackson used to do that thing on ESPN, uh, the jacked up segment? The dude would get hit. A lot of times it was like, you know, borderline dirty hit or whatever. But they really made it sound super awesome and dramatic by yelling out. He got jacked up. And that's what I'm here to ask you today is how jacked up are you over your favorite football team's ridiculously busy week in free agency. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kolachowicz of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Miles Jack, like as if You weren't already spoiled enough with all the other positions that got addressed for all the other millions or tens of millions of dollars that the Steelers had put out. We're all kind of wondering at that stage, how much is left? You know, how much cap space is left? Could they really go out and get another player? Could they really go out and get the inside linebacker? that they so very desperately needed. Hang on, I'm going to say it like I've been saying it for a couple of weeks now. In, side, line, back, err. That's what they got here. That's what they got. I don't know what they're going to get out of Devin Bush in 2022. Ideally, as a lot of people are forecasting, coming off the major knee surgery, the second year is always better than the first and you hope that he regains that explosive step that he showed as a rookie and can do not just sideline to sideline stuff not just cutting off screen passes but also you know making the occasional tackle and run stop that's optimal in the interim you had to get rid of joe schobert and they will and they're going to save their 9.7 million in cap space On Shobert. And that in turn ends up covering, so to speak, the cost of Jack because he got two years and 16 million. I have to tell you, in a span of 72 hours, all the activity that this football team just registered, there isn't one transaction for me that approaches the acquisition. Of this player. Because he, to borrow a Tomlinism, checks all the boxes. Is he a superstar in the league? No. Is he a very, very good player? Yes. Is he young? Yes. Surprisingly so for someone who's been around and made the impact that he has. Jack's only 26 years old. And that goes right in line with what I was talking about on yesterday's episode. The Steelers have put forth all this money into the open market where almost always the names that are associated, the biggest names that are associated with the headlines are the Von Miller types and are the contracts like the one the Bills insanely gave this 33-year-old man. And the Steelers have yet... To partake in anything of the kind, including the retention of their own players. The only one who's older than 26 out of everyone that they've either signed from the outside or kept is Arthur Mallette, who might or might not be their starting slot corner, and even he's 28 years old. All of this just comes with such a wow factor. still comes with some limits to it because the Steelers continue to have very real needs at wide receiver, at cornerback, at safety, and maybe on the defensive line, although I think with the latter, that might be better suited for the draft. The other needs, the other three, are real And if you say that the Steelers can bring back Juju Smith-Schuster, okay, you're closer at wide receiver. If you say the Steelers can bring back Akella Witherspoon, okay, you're closer there too. I don't know if you're completely done there, but you're closer. If you bring back Terrell Edmonds, and I'm 100% in favor of that, then you're actually done at safety. And on the defensive line, of course, there's the big variable, the biggest variable of all, actually, that's remaining, and that's the status of Stefan Tewitt. And the overarching question over all of this is how much cap space is left. How much can you pay a Juju or a Witherspoon or Edmonds, or, for that matter, Tewitt? If it's one or two out of those four, and by that I mean whether it's the in-house players or someone from the outside, then you're at least knocking a couple of pins down that you don't have to deal with in the draft from a position of need, which Kevin Colbert and Mike Tomlin both hate doing. They'd rather go into the draft and get want than need. But since this off season's already seen so many things that we've never seen before from this particular franchise, it's safe to say that they might also approach the draft differently than they have in the past. And if that's the case, if that's what ends up happening, where the Steelers are forced to address current needs in the draft, or at least to prioritize them, then I could see the Steelers aiming for, and I've been saying this one for a while, and I don't believe that anyone else is anywhere, wide receiver because you know that class is good at receiver. You know the Steelers happen to believe that the class is good at receiver because Colbert has said so. And from there, you can start looking at the defensive line, which is going to need its own infusion of youth at some point anyway. You're not going to be able to rely on Cam Hayward, Tyson Aluolu and even if Steph is back to it forever. There does come a point where you're going to have to start investing high draft picks into the defensive line once again as we've seen the Steelers do over the past few decades in waves. This might be the time to restart that wave. But yeah, in the interim, wow, just wow. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back to today's J1Q comes from Ryan Porter who asks DK, do you think the Steelers are going to re-sign Juju? Ryan, I do. I just don't know that it's going to be something that has Juju doing one of his trademark dances. Because by every account that's available, Juju has established close to zero market value. Now, I feel like it's necessary to interject here that I've maintained all along that I'd like to have him back. Last year, the Steelers brought him back, I believe, also because there was virtually no market. I do believe when Juju said that the Ravens and Chiefs reached out, I don't believe for a second that there were any significant offers made, or that Juju took less money to stay. I say that as respectfully as I can while simultaneously accusing someone of being dishonest. Sorry, it just doesn't add up. Especially not after the Ravens ended up denying any interest at all. But now here we are a year later. Juju missed, of course, most of the 2021 season to an injury that was the result of, you know, a hard-nosed play. He was fighting for extra yards. He put his shoulder into a place where the shoulder got creamed, and down he went. He also demonstrated his toughness, of course, later in the season, not to mention his team dedication, by being available for the playoff game in Kansas City. Both Colbert and Tomlin have gone out of their way to praise him for that singular act. But I'm here to tell you that that doesn't mean much to the other 31 teams. They don't have the same access that the Steelers do to his injury history. They can't know why he's gotten hurt as often as he has. They also can't know, and I think this is the most important. I could be mistaken on this one, okay? But just hear it out. I don't think that they can know why his step isn't as dynamic as it was as a rookie. And you know what I'm talking about because this was... The year leading up to his being part of that NFL 100th anniversary commercial. Remember that? With all these legends and Mean Joe Green and everybody else. There's Juju in that thing. And you're thinking, oh yeah, that makes sense. He scored some massive touchdowns that season. Looked like he had the world in front of him as a wide receiver. Not just as a social media star. He would make a catch for five yards off the line of scrimmage, and the next thing you know, he was high-stepping past everybody. That has not resurfaced yet. What did surface in the interim were some kind of knee problem, some kind of regular issue with draining his knee. And I heard about this and reported on it about a year and a half ago, but it's not something that you see get discussed a whole heck of a lot. And Juju himself really downplays it. He'll talk about all the other injuries or anything else. He won't elaborate on that or bring it up. Well, maybe this is why. I do think that Juju's going to come back to answer your question. I do think that the best offer that he can get is going to be from the people that know him best, that appreciate him the most, and have the clearest understanding of his injury history, and what he still can or can't do in light of all that. But I got to tell you, I don't even know if it'll be $8 million. I mean, no market means no market. That means you've got no cards to play. You can bluff, but you can really only bluff if you've got at least one or two other teams that are serious about paying you at a certain rate. You're not going to bluff Colbert. I can tell you that much in advance. So if you come back to the Steelers and say, hey, listen, I love Pittsburgh, black and gold, this and that. I'm part of the community and whatever else here. Let's work out a fair deal. The Steelers started out with a lot of cap space. They don't have nearly as much now as they did, oh, you know, Monday morning. And they're going to have to make sure that they're minding the remainder of their dollars. So I don't see why they would just say, hey, Juju, you know what? We paid you $8 million last year. Here's another $8 million just so that you don't get embarrassed. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. So could he come back? Sure. Is he going to come back? I don't know. All it takes is one other team. But so far, that one other team has yet to show itself. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one tomorrow and discuss like seven more signings. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.